This podcast is brought to you by CATV, building community in the Upper Valley through media. Welcome to Shelf Help, a podcast where booksellers help you answer one of life's trickier and we argue most important questions. What should you read next? Our first episodes are based on themes that we selected, including the one for today. However, going forward, we want to hear from you. Send us your reading dilemmas for future episodes, and we promise to give it our best shot to give you great answers. I'm Lisa, the co-founder of The Book Jam, a nonprofit designed to help you find your next great book. And to my right, I have... I'm Emma, co-owner of the Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont. And I'm Sam, the other co-owner of the Norwich Bookstore. I'm Allie. I own Still North Books and Bar in Hanover, New Hampshire. And I'm Carrie, one of the co-owners of the Yankee Bookshop in Woodstock, Vermont. For this episode, our sixth episode, each bookseller has been asked to discuss one book they recommend for people who are looking for a short book, pages-wise, something that is shorter than your average novel, and you want to get through something. We'll start with Emma. Today, I'm recommending Spear by Nicola Griffith. Spear is a queer Arthurian retelling. It's under 200 pages, and I have to say I did not care about King Arthur beyond Monty Python. I think I read this book in like three hours. It was so good. I was fascinated by the author's notes at the end. Nicola Griffith is a genius. She did so much research and there's such clear care and thought put into this retelling. If you like fables, strong female characters, or the queering of both, then you should definitely read Spear by Nicola Griffith. For background for listeners, we thought that we were going to be super organized and tell each other ahead of time what we're choosing. <laughs> and We were wrong. <laughs> we were wrong, but in that thought, Emma did put Spear in, and I actually seen it but hadn't really, couldn't remember what it was about. And one of the blurbs was if Ursula Le Guin wrote a Camelot tale, and I thought, I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. hooked. Oh. That's <laughs> so good. Again, like, I don't, uh, King Arthur, eh, sure, whatever. Nicola Griffith doing it, sign me up. Amazing. So good. That's so fun. Well, I'm probably part of the reason why the whole system of organization broke down because I got stumped by this one, so I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm sure I've read short books that I've liked. You don't really read short books. The last like three books you read were like 600 pages. I tend to read long books. Well, then he gets mad at me when I'm like reading all of these books because I read short books. Sign me up for the episode where we do long books. I'm going to throw a recommendation for some short nonfiction, specifically for fans of music and cultural criticism writ large. I want to give a shout out to the whole University of Texas Press Music Matters series. These are all really short little books. They are probably all between between 100 and 175 pages. These are a smaller trim size, so they are little, almost pamphlet-sized, softbound books. University of Texas Press does some of the best music publishing out there right now. They have books on different kind of cult musicians, folks who you may not have heard of. The Music Matters series definitely is all about that. I was initially introduced to these actually when Emma, co-owner of the Norwich Bookstore, <laughs> um, got me one of them kind of on a whim for Christmas, Christmas or my birthday or something like that. For Halle Book Flood? <laughs> 
Yes, I mean, the like, Icelandic not, not, holiday. Not actually, but yeah, sure. Is that I, how you pronounce it? I don't know. I was just going to go with Jala It book sounded book. good. Good, good <laughs> try. Thank you. The book that she had got me actually on, a, on the recommendation of another bookseller was Why Karen Carpenter Matters. Oh, wow. I knew enough about Karen Carpenter to know that there was probably more to the story than what your average person would say. Would I have thought to pick up a sort of slim yet scholarly work about her wow. and her cultural impact? No, but I did, <laughs> and I read it in an afternoon because it was fascinating. That particular edition, they're all by different authors. That one was by Karen Tongson, and it is sort of a deep dive into each artist's life, their impact, things that you wouldn't necessarily have known about them. This particular one, Why Karen Carpenter Matters, was kind of took the form of a memoir as well. It intersects the author's life with her admiration for Karen Carpenter and the way that the music of the Carpenters and specifically Karen's influence on it shaped her worldview and eventually her identity. Wow. Pretty cool stuff, especially when you pack it into this nice little package that you can read in an afternoon while you're sitting by the fire on a winter holiday of your choice. There are a <laughs> bunch of these in the series. They're all about really interesting figures in music. If you're looking for just kind of a short little nugget, I would highly recommend checking those out from the University of Texas Press. I'm just saying it's hard to buy books for a bookseller that yeah. they actually like and would not have picked up for themselves. So I'm, I'm just giving well myself points. Shout well out to done, Emma. Emma. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. So my question was, did you then download like the entire Carpenter like, <laughs> songbook oh, or something? I, I, how would you say that? Like their complete works? or Discography? I would say I went back and, <laughs> I know and nothing about music. listened to specific tracks that were referenced in the book okay. the way i read music books is i do go back and, and right. kind of listen as i go along so all i can think of is like she was everywhere in the 1970s she was a, she was huge she, she was, was like deal. you could not turn on the radio without one of her songs being on so it reminds me of being seven or ten or something and being in the back seat of the car listening to my mom listen to Karen Carpenter. <laughs> but you you would have thought of her, I'm guessing, she was at that point she was uh, often kind of posited as a singer when in fact she was an incredibly talented drummer. Right, which I never uh, would have known. Would many I, people did. I just yeah. learned. <laughs> so lots to unpack there in her story in the stories of every musician that they explore in this series. I'm always on the lookout for more little books, mm. not just length but in trim size we have a spinner at the store of just tiny books that we and it's not just all one series and so i'm totally bringing in some ut press music matters stuff because our because our inventory is so distinct <laughs> there you go maybe cut that <laughs> so, so keep going Allie, with your recommendation this one was hard for me similar to emma wasn't this your question because yeah. you because you're stumped by it yeah, like. <laughs> well, it, I'm stumped by it because I had many that I wanted. At this point in my life, it's admittedly hard to read long books. But even when it was easy to read long books, I've often found that I really like short ones because sometimes I feel like you can read really closely when it's a short book and it won't take you a year to finish it. Whereas if you're reading really closely a book that's 600 plus pages, 
when will you finish it or when will I finish it? I think there are probably people who <laughs> Apparently can. Apparently Sam finishes it. <laughs> I'm not to say that Sam's readings are not close readings, but I like when I can really dig into some like really meaty language, really interesting subject matter while also in a short book so that I'm not overwhelmed by the pages ahead of me and the need to finish. So I was trying to decide between two books and I'm cheating in saying that everyone should read The Body... No, not everyone. That if you like short books, The Body Artist by Don DeLillo is the other one that I was deciding between. And I do not like Don DeLillo as a rule. I'm sure he's a lovely human. His writing usually doesn't (laughs) speak to me that much. But The Body Artist, which I once read, was one of his worst books. I actually completely adored it. I was thinking about doing a Don DeLillo book. Really? Cosmopolis. Is that another short one? Yeah. Cosmopolis is short. Oh. Is it? Yeah. What, which one am I thinking? Underworld. Underworld. No, it's not <laughs> short. No, Cosmopolis, it takes place over one day, and it's about a like millionaire who just wants to get a haircut. That sounds great. It's Have you read good. The Body Artist? No. So The Body Artist probably got about a week in there, but it's about a woman whose partner has passed away, and all of a sudden, really weird things start happening, and his language starts appearing in the form of this maybe ghost maybe man that is suddenly living in her house and it's oh that sounds even better it's it's so good i'm obsessed with that book but that is not the book that i'm talking about (laughs) i am talking about the shame by mckenna goodman mckenna is a vermont resident and the shame is her debut novel it came out in 2020 from milkweed which is a small press in minneapolis it's told in recollections it's about a woman who is driving away from her home in vermont and from her family and it comes out over the course of the book that she's driving to new york and we start to learn why is she trying to run away it is jam-packed with so much i when i look back at this book i don't really know how she fit it into Our page count is 146 pages. I don't know how she made everything that she's talking about go into those pages. She's talking about the shame of having desires that are at odds with the needs or the desires of those that you love and the shame of participating in capitalism, of not creating, of just life in general. And it's these giant sweeping questions. But also it's super, super intimate. It's got this kind of voyeuristic aspect to it. This woman becomes obsessed with another woman and wants to find out everything she possibly can. And she starts seeing projections of herself in this woman. And so this book kind of becomes, I like to call it a funhouse of mirrors, where there's an act of projection that's happening among the characters in the book that then calls the reader into that same act of projection, which, of course, that's what all reading is. It's us taking in somebody else's work and using our past experiences to make sense of it. And by putting that front and center in this book, she just invites you to get into this thought spiral in this really, really cool way. I should just say, if you're not already sold, which you might not be because I'm talking about projection, (laughs) it's also very funny. It starts out in the first scene. There's a fantasy of a woman shooting down geese, birds, from above her head to create a path of birds from which she can cross from an island with only salad on the backs of the birds over to the island of pasta. It's brutal and tender (laughs) and beautiful and intense and funny all at the same time. And she's a very good shot. If she can do that. <laughs> well, it's it's more of like a, a thought problem. How would you get across? And she comes up with shooting down birds. 
and Carrie. Oh. <laughs> you, you get to follow that. It's hard to, hard to, follow. Hard to follow. Yeah, I got a little heady there. Sorry. Sorry. I'm also going to sneak in two recommendations. The first one has kind of been the same vein as Emma's recommendation. It's called A Spindle Splintered by Alex Harrow. It's a fractured fairy tale retelling, so not Arthurian, but of the Sleeping Beauty story. It's a queer feminist retelling of a story that we all know. A girl who has a disease that usually means death by age 18 or a long sleep. She's celebrating her 18th birthday and Sleeping Beauty has always been a joke with her and her friend. Her best friend sets up this party in a deserted tower and has a spinning wheel there for a joke. Sure enough, she bum, falls. Bum, bum. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's really good if you if you like fairy tales, if you like fantasy novels. I love retellings like that, so that one's great. And there's a sequel coming very soon. But the book that I really want to talk about because I read it purely because all of the other booksellers at that point in time were telling me that I had to read this book. My Sister, the Serial Killer by Yinkin Braithwaite. Mm-hmm. It's a good I, one. I don't read thrillers yeah. very often. This book was amazing. Oh, wow. And every time I recommend it to people in our store, they see the title and they're like, but now I know what happens. And I was like, no. <laughs> you don't know what happens. <laughs> you just um, think you do. You think you do. I mean, you do. But what I... <laughs> What I love about this book is there is not one spare word in it. The editing on it was fantastic. It's, I think, 188 pages, but it flies. There's not one wasted bit of information in this book. And her descriptions are incredibly sparse, but you get everything. Like You can see the landscape. You can see these fully formed characters. You can see the serial killer. You can from... From a million miles away. <laughs> but, it's your sister. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, it's a, the story is just so good. It's this woman who, you know, self-described very plain. She works for a doctor in a Nigerian hospital that she really likes this guy and she would love to try to date him, but there's no way that he would ever see her. And then in walks her sister, who is the kind of woman that all of these men seem to want and all of her exes end up dead. We don't want to see the doctor die, but how do we get there? Somebody Um, has to die. Somebody has to die. But yeah, and for someone who doesn't like reading thrillers necessarily, this was great. It's more about the relationship between the two sisters. And yeah, I just thought for a debut novel, it was really fantastically done. You didn't mention it was a debut novel until the Mm -hmm. end. Mm -hmm. Well done. To recap, lots of short books were just (laughs) talked about. I was actually taking notes to try to remember to circle back. So let's try to remember all the titles, starting with Emma's Recommendations. I talked about Spear by Nicola Griffith. I talked about the entire Music Matters series from University of Texas Press, but specifically why Karen Carpenter Matters by Karen Tongson. Allie? I recommended The Shame by McKenna Goodman, and I also told you all to read The Body Artist by Don DeLillo and Emma. Emma said. <laughs> yeah, come on, Emma. And then I said you should read Cosmopolis by Don DeLillo. And then Sam recommended a long one. Did you recommend Underworld? 
I mean, I haven't read Underworld, but it is a long novel by oh, Don okay. DeLillo. <laughs> Many people who are not me because I haven't read it do say you should read. It's one of his one of his stronger ones. On that list, I think it was at the top. <laughs> Comes highly recommended by Don DeLillo readers. Nine out of ten Don DeLillo readers recommend. Well, apparently two out of the four people sitting at this table are those people. So Only oh. his short novels. Okay. <laughs> we won't go into a critique of his stuff. But I will say this is a full service series. We started off a short, and you get a long novel, too. And finally, Carrie. I briefly mentioned A Spindle Splintered by Alex Harrow and talked more about My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyinkin Braithwaite. Well done, guys. That's a lot of short books. And with that, we end our sixth episode. Shelf Help is brought to you by The Book Jam, a nonprofit designed to help readers find their next great book, CATV Upper Valley Media Community, and three outstanding Upper Valley bookstores, the Yankee Bookshop in Woodstock, Vermont, the Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont, and Still North Books and Bar in Hanover, New Hampshire. If you have a reading dilemma, you can email us a question or send us a voice memo at shelfhelpuv at gmail.com. Again, that's shelfhelpuv at gmail.com. We are here to help your shelves. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next time on Shelf Help. Thank you for listening to CATV Podcasts. If you found this episode interesting and would like to find more Upper Valley content at CATV, please visit our website at catv8.org. That is C-A-T-V, the number eight, dot org. You can find all of our podcasts under the listen section on our homepage.